Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, we're back in Joseph's story. Um, His brothers go to Egypt because of the famine, and Joseph kind of messes them a little bit. What is the deal with Joseph just kind of like the silver cup, like sending them back, asking them to come, holding their brothers hostage? What is happening here? (laughs) Sibling rivalry? (laughs) Maybe. Revenge. One of the things that's lost in this is how much time has passed. So like we've read this across what, like three days, maybe like, I mean, if the actual reading counts for, we've been reading for 20 minutes, 30 Mm -hmm. minutes. So one of the things that gets lost when we look at these stories is like, Joseph has thought about this a lot. His brothers have thought about this a lot. Um, What else is he going to think about in prison? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, you, Joseph seems to have incredible character. So I don't know that he was like sitting in prison plotting the demise of his brothers. Yeah. Obviously he's not ruled by a life of bitterness. Yeah. He seems to be like an amazing dude. Um, But it does seem like here, like one of the, one of the things to consider is like a lot of years have passed and these, these brothers, one, they don't expect that they're going to bump into Joseph ever again, particularly not in the Royal (laughs) court in Egypt. Yes. What a coincidence. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) So we're reading it like, oh, wow, I can't believe this is happening. The brothers are experiencing it as like, hey, we're starving. We need food. Here's this governor that's going to help us. They have no idea. Hmm. So I do think Joseph is playing with his brothers somewhat. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think he's testing his brothers somewhat. Like, I think there's a degree here to like, you know what? You guys have had a lot of years are you still as deceitful and arrogant as you were in the past or has God worked in your lives and changed you some? And we do, we do get to see that God has changed them some. Yeah. And I think uh, some of this back and forth is, I mean, ultimately the family members that Joseph is the most interested in seeing would be Benjamin and his father. Mm-hmm. And so they aren't part of the original uh, party that's going to look for grain. So some of this back and forth is also just to try to get the entire family to be present so that he can then use his power to actually help them and eventually save them. Remember, too, that this this family uh, shares Jacob as a father, and that's it. Like, mm-hmm. they don't all share the same mother, but Benjamin and Joseph do. Mm-hmm. So Joseph is interested in Benjamin for, like, I think they were probably closer. Yeah, there were the two youngest yeah. two. So yeah, probably and the had rest of them are half-brothers. A, a deeper relationship. And plus these the other guys were the ones who sold them into slavery. Exactly. So there's a little bit of a difference in relationship here. Uh, they're all family, but you know how it is. It is like Joseph's emotions on display is really interesting, especially these first few verses of the passage we're reading today. Um, first of all, I think it's probably it might have been shocking to them to hear a governor of Egypt say, I'm a God-fearing man. That's like, oh, <laughs> that's kind of out of left field. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Raw or? <laughs> Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was like, oh, probably some God. <laughs> but um, I would think in Hebrew they have a name for that. Oh, he was speaking through an interpreter. I forgot about that. He's speaking through an interpreter. So they don't know that he can understand when they're... I was going to say, that's another part of the deception, actually. Yeah, he's speaking to an interpreter. They don't know that he can understand that they are saying, like, oh, this must be happening to us because of what we did to our brother Joseph. And he turns away and weeps. And then he's like, 
he chooses Simeon and has him tied up right before their eyes. It's like there's like a roller coaster happening here. When we've seen Simeon before, <laughs> Simeon is wildly violent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he is the one that killed off like basically a town uh, because his sister Dinah was raped. Yeah. So we've talked about him in the past. Um, that maybe there's something to that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, also, just a side note, <laughs> we start off this passage with Jacob saying to his sons, why are you standing around looking at each other? Go to Egypt and get some food. <laughs> They're like, okay. Get to our boys. <laughs> we should compile a list of just like funny quotes. <laughs> was it the one the other day was like, give me your daughter as a wife so I can sleep with her. Yes. It's, it's like, like, okay. okay. <laughs> maybe use some nuance. Hey. <laughs> That, we could put that on a coffee cup, like you know Genesis thirty-five. Yep. I think. I think. We what have was that company that did all the like the the Bible verses? Like, uh, there was a whole company that did greeting cards and like refrigerator magnets and like weird Bible verses, Bible promises, or something like that. It's like we could start our own line. There, there's ridiculous Bible quotes. I think Jeremiah. Why are you standing uh, around looking at each other? Yeah, yeah. Twenty-nine eleven would make it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> could put it on like a plaque. Go to Egypt and get some food. <laughs> Next time my kids ask me what's for dinner, I'm going to hold my mug that says, why are you staying around looking at each other? Go get some food. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Bible humor. (laughs) We're such nerds. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, Another thing, a little bit of of redemption for Judah, although I don't know how self-serving it is based on the character that we know, like who he is. But he does say to Jacob, hey, if something happens to Benjamin, I will take his place. And he does actually like stand up and say, I will like take me as a slave and let my brother Benjamin go. And that's when Joseph reveals his real identity. Was How does he fit in the earlier story? Was he one of the ones suggesting that they be sold into slavery? Am I going to have to clap us out again and, yeah. <laughs> and research here? Well, I mean, I think what Chelsea's uh, alluding to is with his character is definitely connected to... Tamar. Yeah, I was talking about Tamar. Like, we know that Judah is not a great guy. Oh, yeah, for sure. But he stands up for his brother and takes his place and offers to take his place as a slave. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, is there is there some redemption there? Is it self-serving because he doesn't want to go back to his dad and be like, hey, lost another son. Sorry. Is it a moment of guilt that, you know, hey, I mean, I guess I should eventually pay for something that I've done. Who knows? Oh, Judah is the one that says, what will we gain by killing our brother? Let's sell him. <laughs> but that's so cringe. <laughs> I think like in the in the grand narrative, it's significant that you have Judah initially offering to sell his brother into slavery and oh. then offering to become a slave on behalf of his brother. That's what I was looking for this whole time. Yeah. Thank you for wrapping that up for me. I was like, what? I'm missing something here. <laughs> we got there. Thank you. <laughs> Sometimes we just got to talk it out. <laughs> Genesis 42, beginning in verse 1. When Jacob heard that grain was available in Egypt, he said to his sons, Why are you standing around looking at one another? I have heard there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy enough grain to keep us alive. Otherwise, we'll die. So Joseph's ten older brothers went down to Egypt to buy grain. But Jacob wouldn't let Joseph's younger brother Benjamin go with them for fear some harm might come to him. So Jacob's sons arrived in Egypt along with others to buy food for the famine in Canaan as well. Since Joseph was governor of all Egypt and in charge of selling grain to all the people, it was to him his brothers brothers came. When they arrived, they bowed before him with their faces to the ground. Joseph recognized his brothers instantly, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where are you from? he demanded. 
from the land of Canaan, they replied. We have come to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. And he remembered the dreams he had had about them many years before. He said to them, You are spies. You have come to see how vulnerable our land has become. No, my lord, they exclaimed. Your servants have simply come to buy food. We are all brothers, members of the same family. We are honest men, sir. We are not spies. Yes, you are, Joseph insisted. You have come to see how vulnerable our land has become. Sir, they said, there are actually 12 of us. We, your servants, are all brothers, sons of a man living in the land of Canaan. Our youngest brother is back there with our father right now, and one of our brothers is no longer with us. But Joseph insisted, as I said, you are spies. This is how I will test your story. I swear by the life of Pharaoh that you will never leave Egypt unless your youngest brother comes here. One of you must go and get your brother. I'll keep the rest of you here in prison. Then we'll find out whether or not your story is true. By the life of Pharaoh, if it turns out that you don't have a younger brother, then I'll know you are spies. So Joseph put them all in prison for three days. On the third day, Joseph said to them, I am a God-fearing man. If you do as you say, you will do as I say, you will live. If you really are honest men, choose one of your brothers to remain in prison. The rest of you may go home with grain for your starving families, but you must bring your youngest brother back to me. This will prove that you are telling the truth and you will not die. To this they agreed. Speaking among themselves, they said, Clearly we are being punished because of what we did to Joseph long ago. We saw his anguish when he pleaded for his life, but we wouldn't listen. That's why we're in this trouble. Didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy, Reuben asked, but you wouldn't listen, and now we have to answer for his blood. Of course, they didn't know that Joseph understood them, for he had been speaking to them through an interpreter. Now he turned away from them and began to weep. When he regained his composure, he spoke to them again. Then he chose Simeon from among them and had him tied up right before their eyes. Then Joseph ordered his servants to fill the men's sacks with grain, but he also gave secret instructions to return each brother's payment at the top of his sack. He also gave them supplies for their journey home. So the brothers loaded their donkeys with the grain and headed for home. But when they stopped for the night and one of them opened his sack to get the grain for his donkey, he found his money in the top of his sack. Look, he exclaimed to his brothers, my money has been returned. It's here in my sack. Then their hearts sank. Trembling, they said to each other, what has God done to us? When the brothers came to their father, Jacob, in the land of Canaan, they told him everything that had happened to them. The man who was governor of the land spoke very harshly to us, they told him. He accused us of being spies, scouting the land. But we said, we are honest men, not spies. We are 12 brothers, sons of one father. One brother is no longer with us, and the youngest is at home with our father in the land of Canaan. Then the man who was governor of the land told us, this is how I'll find out if you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers here with me, and take grain for your starving families and go on home. But you must bring your youngest brother back to me. Then I will know you are honest men and not spies. Then I will give you back to your brother, and you may trade freely in the land. As they emptied out their sacks, there in each man's sack was the bag of money he had paid for the grain. The brothers and their father were terrified when they saw the bags of money. Jacob exclaimed, You are robbing me of my children. Joseph is gone. Simeon is gone. And now you want to take Benjamin too. Everything is going against me. Then Reuben said to his father, You may kill two of my sons if I don't bring Benjamin back to you. I'll be be responsible for him, and I promise to bring him back. But Jacob replied, My son will not go down with you. His brother Joseph is dead, and he is all I have left. If anything should happen to him on your journey, you would send this grieving white-haired man to his grave. But the famine continued to ravage the land of Canaan. When the grain they had brought from Egypt was almost gone, Jacob said to his sons, Go back and buy us a little more food. But Judah said, The man was serious when he warned us, You won't see my face again until your, unless your brother is with you. If you send Benjamin with us, we will go down and buy more food. But if you don't let Benjamin go, we won't go either. Remember the man said, You won't see my face unless your brother is with you. Why were you so cruel to me, Jacob moaned. Why did you tell him you had another brother? 
The man kept asking us questions about our family, they replied. He asked, is your father still alive? Do you have another brother? So he answered his questions. How could we know he would say, bring your brother down here? Judah said to his father, send the boy with me and we will be on our way. Otherwise, we will all die of starvation. And not only we, but you and our little ones. I personally guarantee his safety. You may hold me responsible if I don't bring him back to you. Then let me bear the blame forever. If we hadn't wasted all this time, we could have gone and returned twice by now. So their father, Jacob, finally said to them, if it can't be avoided, then at least do this. Pack your bags with the best products of this land. Take them down to the man as gifts, balm, honey, gum, aromatic raisin, pistachio nuts, and almonds. Also take double the money that was put in your sacks as it was probably someone's mistake. Then take your brother and go back to the man. May God Almighty give you mercy as you go before the man so that he will release Simeon and let Benjamin return. But if I lose my children, so be it. So the men packed Jacob's gifts and doubled the money and headed off with Benjamin. They finally arrived in Egypt and presented themselves to Joseph. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the manager of his household, These men will eat with me this noon. Take them inside the palace, then go slaughter an animal and prepare a big feast. So the man did as Joseph told him and took them into Joseph's palace. The brothers were terrified when they saw that they were being taken into Joseph's house. It's because of the money someone put in our sacks last time we were here, they said. He plans to pretend that we stole it. Then he will seize us, make us slaves, and take our donkeys. The brothers approached the manager of Joseph's household and spoke to him at the entrance of the palace. Sir, they said, we came to Egypt once before to buy food. But as we were returning home, we stopped for the night and opened our sacks. Then we discovered that each man's money, the exact amount paid, was in the top of the sack. Here it is. We have paid it back with us. We also have additional money to buy more food. We have no idea who put our money in our sacks. Relax. Don't be afraid, the household manager told them. Your God, the God of your father, must have put this treasure into your sacks. I know I received your payment. Then he released Simeon and brought him out to them. The manager then led the men into Joseph's palace. He gave them water to wash their feet and provided food for their donkeys. They were told they would be eating there, so they prepared their gifts for Joseph's arrival at noon. When Joseph came, they gave him the gifts they had brought him, then bowed low to the ground before him. After greeting them, he asked, How is your father, the old man you spoke about? Is he still alive? Yes, they replied, Our father, your servant, is alive and well. And they bowed low again. Then Joseph looked at his brother Benjamin, the son of his own mother. Is this your youngest brother, the one you told me about? Joseph asked. May may God be gracious to you, my son. Then Joseph hurried from the room because he was overcome with emotion for his brother. He went into his private room where he broke down and wept. After washing his face, he came back out, keeping himself under control. Then he ordered, bring out the food. The waiters served Joseph at his own table, and his brothers were served at a separate table. The Egyptians who ate with Joseph sat at their own table because Egyptians despised Hebrews and refused to eat with them. Joseph told each of his brothers where to sit, and to their amazement, he seated them according to age, from oldest to youngest. And Joseph filled their plates with food from his own table, giving Benjamin five times as much as he gave the others. So they feasted and drank freely with him. When his brothers were ready to leave, Joseph gave these instructions to his palace manager. Fill each of their sacks with as much grain as they can carry, and put each man's money back into his sack. Then put my personal silver cup at the top of the youngest brother's sack, along with the money for his grain. So the manager did as Joseph instructed him. The brothers were up at dawn and were sent on their journey with their loaded donkeys. But when they had gone only a short distance and were barely out of the city, Joseph said to his palace manager, Chase after them and stop them. When you catch up with them, ask them, Why have you repaid my kindness with evil? Why have you stolen my master's silver cup, which he uses to predict the future? What a wicked thing you've done. When the palace manager caught up with the men, he spoke to them as he had been instructed. What are you talking about? The brothers responded. 
We are your servants and would never do such a thing. Didn't we return the money we found in our sacks? We brought it back all the way from the land of Canaan. Why would we still steal silver or gold from your master's house? If you find this cup with any one of us, let that man die. And all the rest of us, my Lord, will be your slaves. That's fair, the man replied, but only the one who stole the cup will be my slave. The rest of you may go free. They all quickly took their sacks from the backs of their donkeys and opened them. The palace manager searched the brother's sacks from the oldest to the youngest, and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. When the brothers saw this, they tore their clothing in despair. Then they loaded their donkeys again and returned to the city. Joseph was still in his palace when Judah and his brothers arrived, and they fell to the ground before him. What have you done? Joseph demanded. Don't you know that a man like me can predict the future? Judah answered, O my Lord, what can we say to you? How can we explain this? How can we prove our innocence? God is punishing us for our sins, my Lord. We have all returned to be your slaves, all of us, not just our brother who had your cup in his sack. No, Joseph said, I would never do such a thing. Only the man who stole the cup will be my slave. The rest of you may go back to your father in peace. Then Judah stepped forward and said, Please, my Lord, let your servant say just one word to you. Please do not be angry with me, even though you are as powerful as Pharaoh himself. My Lord, previously you asked us your servants, Do you have a father or a brother? And we responded, Yes, my Lord, we have a father who is an old man, and his youngest son is a child of his old age. His full brother is dead, and he alone is left of his mother's children, and his father loves him very much. And you said to us, Bring him here so I can see him with my own eyes. But we said to you, My Lord, the boy cannot leave his father, for his father would die. But you told us, Unless your youngest brother comes with you, you will never see my face again. So we returned to your servant, our father, and told him what you had said. Later, when he said, Go back again and buy us more food, we replied, We can't go unless you let the youngest brother go with us. We'll never get to see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Then my father said to us, As you know, my wife had two sons, and one of them went away and never returned. Doubtless he was torn to pieces by some wild animal. I have never seen him since. Now, if you take his brother away from me, and if any harm comes to him, you will send this grieving white-haired man to his grave. And now, my Lord, I cannot go back to my father without the boy. Our father's life is bound up in the boy's life. If he sees that the boy is not with us, our father will die. We, your servants, will indeed be responsible for sending that grieving white-haired man to his grave. My Lord, I guaranteed to my father that I would take care of the boy. I told him, if I don't bring him back to you, I will bear the blame forever. So please, my Lord, let me stay here as a slave instead of the boy, and let the boy return with his brothers. For now, how can I return to my father if the boy is not with me? I couldn't bear to see the anguish this would cause my father. Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room, and he said to his attendants, Out, all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told him who he was. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him, and word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there right in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer, and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset, and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. 
It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years, and there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and tell him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me master over all the land of Egypt, so come down to me immediately. You can live in the region of Goshen, where you can be near me with all your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds, and everything you own. I will take care of you there, for there are still five years of famine ahead of us. Otherwise, you, your household, and your animals will starve. Then Joseph added, Look, you can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that I really am Joseph. Go tell my father of my honored position here in Egypt. Describe for him everything you have seen, and then bring my father here quickly. Weeping with joy, he embraced Benjamin, and Benjamin did the same. Then Joseph kissed each of his brothers and wept over them, and after that they began talking freely with him. Hey everyone, we hope you're enjoying God's whole story as much as we are. If you like this podcast, go ahead and give us a five-star review. It helps us get God's word out to other people. Also, be sure to follow God's Whole Story podcast on Facebook and Instagram, where you can ask questions, learn more, and connect with myself, Ryan, and Chris. Thanks for listening.